Are you earnestly looking for the return of Jesus this year, or could you care less? Do you believe Jesus could really return this year, or is that an event you have consigned to the indefinite future? What is your attitude about the return of Jesus? Are you yawning or yearning? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope. I am Dave Reagan, Senior Evangelist for Lamb and Lion Ministries, and I am delighted to have with me two experts on Bible prophecy. The first is my associate and co-host, Dennis Pollock. Happy New Year, Dennis. Well, thank you, Dave. The same to you. Uh, we're a little older and maybe a little bit wiser. If we get much older, I don't know if we can stand it. Well, I don't know that you had to say that. <laughs> Dennis and I have a very special guest with us for this program, one of our favorite colleagues in the field of Bible prophecy. He is Don Perkins, founder and director of According to Prophecy Ministries in San Diego, California. Don, Thanks for coming all the way from California to be with us. It's a joy to be with you, Dave, and uh, to discuss Bible prophecy. Okay, brother. You know, folks, every time a new year begins, my heart fills with hope that it will be the year of Jesus' return. So what about this year? Could Jesus really return this year? Or are there prophecies that must be fulfilled first? And if Jesus were to return, what would happen? Would time come to an end? Would the earth cease to exist? Would you be struck dead or given a new form of life? For the answers to these and other questions related to the Lord's return, stay tuned. Living for Christ in the End Times offers down-to-earth instruction on how followers of Jesus can live triumphant and hope-filled lives. There are 10 chapters in this practical guide for Christian living that hold insights for every believer. Standing on the Word of God, believing in the power of God, relying on the Holy Spirit, practicing tough faith, ordering your priorities, keeping an eternal perspective, standing for righteousness, persisting in prayer, surrendering in worship clinging to hope. In the final two chapters of this book, Dr. Reagan points out that our Christian hope comes from knowing the predictions of Bible prophecy concerning the return of Jesus and knowing with certainty that Jesus will triumph over the forces of evil and bring peace, righteousness, and justice. To receive this great book, all you need to do is call 1-800-225-7977 and ask for Living for Christ in the End Times. Okay, fellows, let's get into our discussion of the return of the Lord in this new year. And uh, I'd like to begin with a question. And that question is that when we talk about the Lord coming back this year, are we talking about what most people call the second coming? No, we're talking about the rapture of the church. Uh, the reason being both events are two different events. The rapture, uh, there are no prophecies that, that need to take place for that event. If the second coming was, was to take place, there must be a seven-year tribulation in front of it. So you're saying that there is no possibility of the Lord returning to this earth this year? For the second coming. No, no way. Because there are prophecies that have to be fulfilled before that occurs. Yes, for the second coming. But nothing that has to be fulfilled for the rapture to occur. Nothing. So if we're talking about the Lord coming back this year, we're really talking about the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. You know, a lot of people don't understand the difference between those two, and, and they use the, the, the terms uh, for the same thing. They, yes. they say the Lord's the return. Church. They don't really think about the idea of Him snatching the church as opposed to Him coming back to reign over the earth. 
so they say, well, the Lord's coming back. But uh, if, if you study prophecy, you see two different events going yes. on. You see the Lord coming for the church, and it's a great act of mercy. It's where he snatches us away. Jesus said, pray that you may be able to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. So it's a tremendous act of the mercy and grace of God taking his people out before judgment falls. But when you see him coming back, as it's revealed in Revelation 19, it's a tremendous act of judgment and wrath and Jesus coming to take final control over the earth. So uh, two, two very separate events. Okay, so that the return of Jesus, you're saying, is going to be in two stages. First would be the rapture of the church where he takes the church out of the world. Yes. The second would be what we call the second coming of Jesus Christ. So his yes. return is in two stages. Two stages. And there's going to be a seven-year period of tribulation before the second coming of Jesus. Yes. But there's not anything that has to be fulfilled before the rapture occurs. That's right. The rapture is an imminent event. Uh, what, imminent event. What do you mean by imminent? I mean it's an event that could take place at any moment. It's an event that, that we must be ready for. Uh, we must be living a life, walking uh, in, in holiness, uh, born again. And that's one of the fundamental teachings of the New Testament is that the return of Jesus is imminent. Yes. Could occur any moment. Any moment. So therefore, if you only believe in one future coming of the Lord, what we call the second coming, it's not imminent, is it? It's not. That's right. It couldn't possibly be because if, if Jesus were to come at the second coming right now, it would mean we've been in the tribulation for the last seven years. I mean, the Antichrist would have been around for seven years and all kinds of misery and death and all the rest. And that just has Well, there happened. may be some who feel like they've been in the tribulation <laughs> last year. Some have been some severe tribulation, but not the tribulation. Not the tribulation. That's a whole, whole different story. But Dave, not only that, uh, based on the second coming uh, passages, uh, the Bible tells me that I'm going to come back with Christ. I, I want to ride my horse. I want to come back with Jesus riding one you of those horses. You got a horse? I got a horse. Uh, yeah, that's right. Revelation it does 19. portray that, that that's the, right. the glorified saints will return on horses with Jesus Christ, that's following right. him on his great white horse. You right. like right. horses? I love horses. <laughs> okay. you take some horse, now, what, horse what about with. people that don't like horses? What are they going to do? <laughs> Maybe they're they allergic. Learn. They're going to learn. <laughs> well, fellas, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, one of the most common questions I get from people in open forums is they quote Matthew 24, where Jesus says, the gospel will be preached to the whole world and then the end will come. And they say, Jesus cannot return until the gospel is preached to the entire world. So therefore, he could not come this year. Well, that's correct in one sense in regards to the second coming, but not the rapture. Matthew 24, those are signs that point to the second coming, the literal return of Christ. The rapture, there are no events, no signs, no indicators that need to take place prior to that. Okay. And furthermore, we're told in Scripture that the preaching of the gospel to every person on planet earth is really going to be accomplished during the tribulation, right? Not yes. before the tribulation. Right. Because it says uh, there's going to be the preaching of two witnesses of God. Yes. Uh, 144,000 Jews. It talks about a gospel angel who's going to circumnavigate the globe right at the end of the tribulation yes. and really proclaim the gospel to every person on planet earth. God's going to let every person hear the gospel for the final pouring out of his wrath. Yes, right? yeah, I believe that. And you know, one, one thing a lot of people don't uh, take into account it's always, the rapture has always been imminent. It's not just that it's imminent now. Yes, you know, having yes. seen all kinds of signs and there's all kinds of evidence of Jesus coming soon. It, it was imminent 500 years ago. Right. Yes. And so it was, it was just as healthy and right for Christians that lived 500 years ago to look for His return than it is today. I mean, it's always been right. The, the neat thing is we see so many signs of the, of the tribulation, so many signs of the second coming that it makes it all the more clear the rapture really is uh, very, very close. Yes, and I think the, uh, a point we need 
need to make there is that many people believe that the rapture is the beginning of the tribulation. And therefore they say the rapture could not have occurred 500 years ago because the Bible says that uh, the Jews have got to be back in the land and back in their city and so forth. But what they do not understand is the rapture is not the beginning of the tribulation. The rapture may occur several years before the tribulation yes. begins. Yes. Because the tribulation begins when a peace treaty is signed that right. guarantees the, the peace of Israel uh, that the Antichrist negotiates. It is not necessarily the beginning uh, when, when the rapture occurs. So the rapture, uh, even 500 years ago, the rapture could have occurred. There could yes. have been a 10-year period where God regathered the Jews and all that. Yes. And then the tribulation would have begun. But your point is very good. And yes. that is that now we're seeing signs that show us that we're right on the threshold of the tribulation. Yes. And brother, when we know that, we know the rapture got to be right around the corner. I mean, it's like when you see those signs that, uh, in the mall that yes. they're putting up for Christmas. You know Thanksgiving's right around the corner. They're mm-hmm. not pointing to Thanksgiving, but you know Thanksgiving's right around the corner. That's right. right. That's right. That's okay. right. Well, uh, do you believe with all your heart that the rapture could really occur this year? I believe with all of my heart, Dave. Uh, again, uh, touching on what on what. Uh, Dennis. Dennis said, uh, thank you. <laughs> touching, on Dennis, touching on what Dennis said in regards to the indicators that we're seeing that are pointing to the second coming. As we see these signs, Jesus said, look up your redemption is drawing nigh. We are seeing indicators that are pointing to the second Give coming. Give me an example. Uh, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, pestilence, uh, the nation of Israel. Said, the nation of Israel. Okay. The nation Something of Israel. New. I mean, that's a good one. Uh, Not only the nation of Israel, but the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem. Yes. Uh, and the whole world coming together against Israel over one issue. One issue. The Jerusalem. land of Jerusalem. Uh, Europe. Yeah. Uh, the, the one world system coming together before our very eyes. As we are seeing these indicators that point to that second coming, it lets us know that the rapture could take place at any moment. So you're saying that uh, we're seeing signs today that have never existed before in the history of mankind. That is correct. I I believe that all of my heart. Which indicates that we're living right on the threshold of the tribulation. I believe it. Which indicates that the rapture is more imminent than ever before. Yes, sir. And I'm excited (laughs) about it. And I begin this year by crying out, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Philip. Before we continue with our discussion of the Lord's return, let's pause for a great song about the rapture. Time is winding down, just look around us. Evil's breaking loose on every side. The devil knows his time is almost over. Soon the clock will stop and Jesus Christ will split the sky. Shout it from the rooftop. Proclaim it in the street Tell your friends and neighbors Tell everyone you meet We all need a Savior But we're running out of time He's coming back at midnight It's 11.59 
God's prepared a place for all his children. Free from fears and doubt, tears and pain. We must choose our destination. You know there's just one way to heaven. Jesus is his name. Shout it from the rooftops. Proclaim it in the streets. And tell your friends and neighbors. Tell everyone you meet. We all need a savior. But we're running out of time Yes, he's coming back at midnight It's 11.59 Then at the right hand of the Father He'll soon stand to his feet And here's son, go get the children And bring them home to me So let's shout it from the rooftops Proclaim it in the street Tell your friends and neighbors Tell everyone you meet That we all need a savior but we're running out of time Yes, he's coming back at midnight It's 11.59 Church, Jesus is coming back Time as we know it is almost over He's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle one who's ready to go. It's almost midnight. It's 11.59. Wow, what a great song about the Lord's return and what a delivery by Jack Hollinsworth. There's nothing quite like an anointed singer who sings about something he believes in with all his heart. Now, before we return to our discussion of the Lord's return, I'd like to give our guest Don Perkins an opportunity to tell you how you can get in touch with him and his ministry. Don, tell us. You can reach our ministry by uh, our web, web address, uh, www.according2prophecy.org. And if that's too complicated, just go to your, your favorite search engine, type in Evangelist Donald Perkins, and you'll find one of our pages. Folks, I, I just want to urge you to contact Don. I, uh, he has great ministry, and I urge you to get on his mailing list and invite him to come to your church and conduct a meeting or conference. Your folks will get their socks blessed off. Okay, gentlemen, let's return to our discussion of the Lord's soon return. I'd like to take a look at some of the most frequently asked questions that uh, people have about uh, the Lord coming back, particularly about the rapture of the church that we talked about a few moments ago. And the first one I want to ask is this. There are some people who teach that the rapture is going to be partial in nature, that only the, quote, super saints are going to be taken out, those who are holier than others, and all the rest are going to be left here to be purified by the tribulation. What about it? Is it going to be all the saints or just the super saints? Dave, I believe it will be all the saints. Uh, the blood of Christ... Uh, takes care of all of that. You know, uh, super, super Christians, it, 
it, it's, it's not a qualification. <laughs> well, what about it, Dennis? Uh, uh, yeah. uh, is it going to be the Super Saints, and if so, are you one of them? <laughs> it's those that dress like I do and have these particular type of glasses. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing because uh, folks have always, there's always been a, a, a small group that have suggested that it is a partial rapture. The real spiritual ones go and everybody else gets left behind to get purified. Uh, problem with that, there's not one iota of evidence of that in the scripture. Yeah. I mean, the simplest description of who goes is where Paul says, we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up to yes. be with the Lord. Well, yes. who's the we who are alive and remain? Well, it's obviously believers. He's yes. not talking about we spiritual apostles or whatever. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you're a believer, it's real simple. The Holy Spirit is in you. Yes. And when the Holy Spirit uh, grabs those who he possesses and whom he I- inhabits to, to take them up, he gets every last one of them. I heard a person ask this question one time to uh, John Walford, the late great president of Dallas Theological Seminary. And he looked him right in the eye and he said, Sir, God does not create the church on the basis of grace and divide it on the basis of works. Yeah. He good said, name, it's the name. grace of God, everybody's going out. But I'll tell you a, a scripture that people use for a mid-tribulation, I mean, not uh, for a, a partial uh, rapture. Right. And that is over in Matthew, uh, the story about the uh, ten virgins there with the lamps. And only five are taken, it seems, and five are left behind because yeah. they were sleepy and didn't prepare and so forth. So how would you respond to that particular illustration? Again, I would say uh, in, incorrect. I mean, I think it's a wrong interpretation there. Yes. Uh, Again, getting back to the point that, that once you receive Christ, that qualifies you. I mean, it's, it's, it's the work of Christ and not something that we've done. What do you say to those who argue that the rapture is going to occur in the middle of the tribulation and they base that upon the fact that there is a reference over and I think it's Revelation 11 to the blowing of a trumpet and they say, well, that trumpet uh, is the last of the seven trumpets and therefore that's the last trumpet and therefore that's the trumpet of 1 Corinthians 15 where it says we're going to be taken out with the blowing of the last trumpet. Therefore, it occurs in the middle of the tribulation. (laughs) It's a different trumpet. Uh, I normally tell them uh, in the the tribulation time, that's a trump of judgment. That certainly is. I mean, it's a different different trumpet it's altogether. It's, it's not aimed at believers. Uh, the judgments of God are That's not the last trumpet because Matthew 24 mentions there's going to be a trumpet blown when the second coming of Jesus When Christ. he comes back, that's right. Yeah. That's so right. Uh, it, it's just not a trumpet that has anything to do with the church. That's right. That's right. Okay. And, the, and the problem with that, along with the, the, the idea of Jesus coming uh, for the rapture at the end of the tribulation, is simply that if, if either one of those uh, events were to occur that way, uh, you couldn't look for Jesus today. This whole idea of imminence would be thrown out the window. Yeah, that's it would right. mean you would wake up in the morning saying, there is no way Jesus can come today. And yes. that is the most unbiblical stance a person could take. Well, what do you say to people, even pastors, who uh, often will point their finger at you and say, let me tell you something. The word rapture is totally unbiblical. It's not even in the Bible. The concept is out the window. Show me the rapture in the Bible. Well, I tell them that the, the term Bible is not in the Bible. You going to throw your Bible away? <laughs> Uh, but it is there. The rapture that is there. That not in the Bible, is it? That, that's true. No. That's true. Shekinah is not in the Bible, that's is right. it? That's right. But the yeah. express truths. Exactly. Uh, the term rapture is there, though. I mean, uh, the, the word caught up, uh, it, it, it means rapture. It means to be taken up. Yeah. And the, the concept is found very clearly in First Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. So yes. I tell folks, hey, if you don't want to use the word rapture, that won't bother me or God. You can just say, I'm so excited about the First Thessalonians four sixteen and 17, I can just hardly wait for That's First right. Thessalonians That's 4, right. 16 and 17 to happen. It's <laughs> so a little long-winded. Yeah, on yeah. the other hand, you could just say rapture. Well, I, and I, I often point out to them that the word rapture really is there because yes. it's in First Corinthians 4, verse 17, where it says that 
we will be caught up yes. to meet yes. the Lord in the air. Yes. And uh, in the only Bible that the church had for 1,500 years was the Latin Bible. It says rapture. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a biblical word. It's just a word that was in Latin, and we use it because it's so much easier than saying caught up, snatched out, taken away, because yes. we have to use two words in English to, to express a concept that you express in Latin with one word, rapture. Yes. No. So it's a biblical concept. It is a biblical word. You know, what, what bothers me, and I find very strange, is that anyone would take a stance where they don't want the rapture or they don't seem to even appreciate it, don't right. want you to talk about it, why would you even uh, make such an argument? I mean, the, the obvious answer is, all right, fine, look at First Thessalonians. Let's, let's suppose for a moment that somebody's it. viewing who doesn't even know what the rapture is. Yeah. In the simplest possible terms, just one, two, three, four, how would you define the rapture? What's going to happen when the rapture occurs? I say the rapture is an event where Christ is coming uh, to take up the church, uh, meaning that he will come to catch up the church from the earth. He in, appears in the heavens. He appears in the he heavens. He does not come to earth. He does not come to earth. We'll meet him in the clouds, right. the Bible says. The dead in Christ are resurrected. We'll be, we'll be raised from the dead. The, the glorified, we, Christians will actually be glorified at that moment. We'll be caught up to meet Christ. Uh, the scripture says uh, we, we will forever be with the Lord at that time also. What about the living? Uh, the living, those who are alive at that time that are born again will also be caught up uh, uh, to be with Christ at that time. And not even experience death. Never be ever to die. changed on the way up. Yes, yes. So there's a whole generation that will not die. That's right. Okay, so Jesus appears, there's a blowing of a trumpet, shout of an archangel, dead in Christ are resurrected. He brings the spirits of the dead with him who have died with him, puts yes. their spirits back together with their glorified bodies, yes. glorifies them, makes them immortal. The living in Christ go up to meet him in the sky, and we go back to be with him, and the great tribulation begins. begins. Sometime after that. That's right. The Bible says uh, at the time of the rapture, those that are raptured, it says, so shall you ever be with the Lord. And I really love that because the message of the rapture is a message of hope. And again, it gives us that, you know, that time where we can breathe that sigh of relief. And folks, you'll find all that in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13 and going through verse 18, which says, therefore comfort one another with these words. If you're trying to make sense of current events and are curious about their biblical implications, LambLion.com is a great place to go for a look at the world from an eternal and timeless perspective. In addition to the hundreds of free resources available at LambLion.com, you'll find an online store where you can order very reasonably priced resources such as Dave Reagan's books, study guides, audio programs, and high-quality video programs available on DVD. Please visit LambLine.com today. Okay, fellas, let's uh, talk for just a few moments about the attitude that seems to be dominating the church today concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry to say that the only way I could uh, characterize that attitude is to say apathy. Apathy, apathy, apathy. Would you agree? And if so, what do you think is the cause of it? I agree, Dave. Uh, one reason I believe is because of a lack of Bible prophecy being taught, uh, of a lack of this message of the rapture being taught. You know, the Bible calls the rapture the blessed hope. The scripture says, those that have this hope in them purify themselves. I mean, this teaching excites you. This, this teaching of the rapture gives you uh, uh, an urgency in your heart, you know, to, to evangelize. I believe because the message is not being properly taught in the churches, uh, people don't have a hope. It doesn't give them any excitement about the Lord's return. Yeah. I've often said, how can you get excited about an event that you know nothing about? Yes. I mean, if you don't know what's going to happen when the Lord comes back, you can't get excited about it. You All can. you can think about is, well, it's kind of going to mess up my life. You know, I'm trying to write this great novel or trying to make, build this business or whatever, and it's just going to kind of mess it all up. Yeah. Dennis? 
Yeah, you know, uh, God has created us that we typically are attracted to that which we have some exposure to. Yes. It's hard to be uh, attracted to something that you've rarely tasted. It's like the first time you ever had your cup of coffee. Uh, the first time I did, it was terrible. I thought, how do these people drink it? But I was trying to be cool and sophisticated, so I, you know, I'm trying to get it down and not make too much of a grimace. But you know, you take it a while. After a while, you start liking it. And uh, songs that you hear, the first time you hear a song, you typically are not that crazy about it. You hear it enough, it starts becoming... Sounding good to you, and uh, there's something about hearing the message of anything really that will draw you into it if you give yourself enough exposure. It's true with falsehood. It's also true with truth. And if if it's never preached, if it's never taught, if people never hear about it or just rarely hear about it, they're not going to be very excited. So that's why ministries like ours have been called by God to to point out that Jesus really is coming. The rapture is a reality, and the more we talk about it, the more people hear about it, the more exciting it becomes to them. You know, Dave. I want to add, uh, as I travel around the country teaching, uh, just uh, had an incident a few, a few weeks ago where a lady, uh, I was teaching on a rapture, and the lady came to me at, at the close of the service and said, uh, why, why isn't preachers around the country teaching this? She said, I've never heard this teaching before. Mm-hmm. And I was so amazed, and I, I saw this lady's heart, you know. She was so excited about the right. message. You know, she said, why aren't other pastors telling us about this? And, and I said, well, you know, God is raising up men of God that's going to that's gonna tell you. Yes. Well, you know, it reminds me of, of a statement that Paul makes over in Romans uh, chapter 8 and uh, verse 18. It's a very, very profound statement that I think the average Christian has no concept of what it means. It says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to yes. be compared to the glory that is yet to be revealed to us. Now, listen, folks, uh, you, you know, there, there's some people really suffering. Yes. Suffering terribly emotionally, suffering from physical diseases, suffering from the grief over the loss of loved ones, the breakup of relationships and divorces and so forth. And this says, no matter what you suffer, yes. it is nothing compared to the glory that's yet to be revealed to us. How can a person know that or even have any sense of it if they don't know the promises of God in the future? Right. Uh, or Paul over in 1 Corinthians chapter two where he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has the mind of man even conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Yes. And the next verse says these things have been revealed by his Holy Spirit, but the average Christian does not know what they are. What yeah. are the promises of the future? You see? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, 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 if pastors are not teaching it, the people have no hope. They have nothing that they can grasp, grasp on uh, in the time of, of struggle. You know, I think the two most ignored portions of scripture in the church today are the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible. The teaching about creation yes. and the teaching about the end times. And those are the two areas that are most abused. We, many have spiritualized the creation story into yes. nothingness. And when you start spiritualizing that, where do you stop spiritualizing? Right, right. If it doesn't mean what it says, how do you know what anything in the Bible means? And so they spiritualize that. Then they come over to the end of the Bible and spiritualize all that and say, well, you know, we really can't know for sure what it really means. Yes. You know, Dave, another uh, reason I believe that uh, pastors ignore it, I hate to say this because I, I, I love pastors and I've been a pastor, but I think in some cases it's actually laziness because in order to really understand prophecy, it, it's not going to just jump into your lap. You're going to have to think a little bit. I know that's a dirty word, but you're going to have to think. You may, have to, even a dirtier word, you may have to study. 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 I believe that. And uh, there's just no way you're going to get a handle on it with just a casual approach. So you got to read, you got to think, you got to study, you got to pray. But if you do, it pays rich rewards. Well, in about 30 seconds here. What can people do, Dennis, to prepare for the rapture? Well, I just want to say this. The greatest thing you can do 
is give your life to Christ because he's coming for those that belong to him. And there's only two kinds of people in this world, those who belong to him, those that don't. So ask Jesus to come into your life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, as the scripture has said. Believe he's the son of God. Believe he died on the cross for your sins. Believe he rose again. Repent of your sins. Ask him into your life and you'll be born again. You'll be ready when he comes. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I want to thank both Dennis and Don for all the insights they have shared with us. You know, folks, if you have any questions about Bible prophecy, please email them to us at the address you see on the screen. And you know what? If we use one of your questions in a future program, we'll send you one of our video programs about Bible prophecy. I hope you'll be back with us again next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 